This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. I'm, I'm in over my head, and I think I can get myself out of it, but the Bible gives us incredible insight through the prophet Zechariah. He said in Zechariah 4, 6, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by the Spirit of God. And so I, I want to highlight some things today with the Holy Spirit Uh, This may rock your theology a little bit today, but I want you to see another significant purpose why we really need the Holy Spirit involved in our lives. So we begin in the book of Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Apostle Paul writing, he said, Oh foolish Galatians, silly, thoughtless, crazy. Now I'm going to give you a thought here. He's he's writing to the church at Galatia. So he's saying this to believers. Who has bewitched you? Who's cast a spell on you? Who's put a hex on you? Why? That you should not obey the truth. Now it's interesting. he, He calls them foolish because they've gotten away from the truth. And what happens here is they begin to listen to these false teachers that weren't preaching the word of God. And it's interesting, the apostle Paul, again, he says, you foolish Galatians. Why would you leave the truth? He ends in verse 1 and says, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as, as crucified. And he's saying here, you know, you've, you've diluted the work of the cross. You've put down what Jesus did for you. Verse 2. This only I want to learn from you. This one question I want to ask you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? In other words, was it about your ability Or did you trust in God and the Holy Spirit? And again, I get in trouble when I I lean on my own ability and I still lean on the Lord. Verse 3. Are you so foolish? Question mark. Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Are you trying to to walk out this thing called Christian by human effort? And so here the Galatians are without excuse because Paul made it clear from the beginning. You started out where you you just believed the Lord Jesus. You looked to the Lord Jesus. And so to a degree, I, I think he's warning them and saying, you've regressed. You've gone backwards because you quit living by faith and trust in the Holy Spirit and you started doing it your own way. And so in my own life, I I have this roller coaster mentality that nothing more than wearisome and and what begins to happen is I, I make promise after promise after promise. I vow and I vow and I vow to do better And then I fall off the wagon and I break the promise and the vow and then I go back and I repent and I start all over again and I say, man, I got these vows and I got these 
These words that I say over and over and before long, guess what? I fall off the wagon again. And then I repent and it's like I, I just keep doing this over and over. You know why? We don't start in I power. It's all about God's power. And I got to get to a place in my life. It's not about what I can do. It's about what God can do through me and through you. And so the apostle Paul here, he, he gives great warning about this. And then he goes on to say, verse 4. Have you suffered so many things in vain, persecutions and trials, if indeed it was vain or useless in purpose? Verse 5, this is really good. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you, he who supplies the Holy Spirit to you, the word supply there means fully or abundantly, generous in the providing the need to cover the cost completely. So the, the, the Galatians have regressed. And he said, he who supplies the spirit to you and work miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law you're doing or by the hearing of faith? And so what you begin to see here again you would be foolish to vanish the word of God, the things of heaven. You're not going to reach perfection on your own. And it's interesting that he brings in he who supplies the spirit of God. So it tells me something in there. The Holy Spirit is designed to keep me on track. The Holy Spirit is given to keep you on track, to keep us from getting off of what God desires for each of us. And so I pray today that the, that, that the Father would stir up the gift of persistence within every one of us. That I persist to keep what doing or keep doing what God desires me to do day after day. Now I can tell you this for 40 years in my life. I'm far from perfect. I'm not even close to perfect. But two things begin to happen within me. Number one, I got born again. Number two, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you for 40 years of my life, I haven't backslidden. I persist in the things of the Spirit of God, that he puts his touch upon me, that I love the Word of God. I love to pray. And again, he who supplies the Spirit to you. So my prayer is today that the Holy Spirit will stir up the gift with the persistence within us. And if you've had a repeated cycle of you serve God for a month, then you disappear for a month. Then you serve God for a couple weeks. Then you quit serving God for a couple weeks. You may need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit or you may need the Holy Spirit. You may have never received him. This is a good thing. It's a God thing. If he supplies the Spirit to us, don't you think we ought to take what he supplies? Turn a couple pages to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, and again, this is the Apostle Paul writing. We begin in verse 16, and he says, I say then, walk in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. 
That, that word walk literally means proof of ability. To occupy or to be engaged in. The verb implies a progressing, a steady progress in grace that both the Holy Spirit monitors and the Holy Spirit, he, he empowers. So what happens here when he says walk in the Spirit, I become internally motivated. Something happens when I just receive the Holy Spirit. So it's interesting here that he says walk in the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. So if the Holy Spirit is to lead me or guide me, could the problem be I would rather lead instead of be led? Oof. If I'm to let the Holy Spirit lead me, something happens when we say, you know what? I'm not going to relinquish that to you, Holy Spirit. So pay close attention. I say then walk in the spirit. Why this is so important that you shall not fulfill the lust of your flesh, the, compul the compulsions of the selfish life. So if I yield freely and fully to the Holy Spirit, he's gonna help me get away from the lust of my flesh. Now, let me ask you something. Don't raise your hand. I know what the answer is already. You have any ungodly fleshly cravings in your life right now? I do. Walk in the Spirit, and by the power of the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Wow, another reason I need the Holy Spirit. Verse 14. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit is against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things you wish. Been there, done that. So there's a, a tug of war that goes on day by day by day. And you know what that tug of war is? The flesh is wanting to pull you in this way, but the Holy Spirit's wanting to pull you in this direction. And what I find out about the Spirit and the flesh, they are diametrically opposed to each other. It's a continuous battle day by day by day. And you know which one wins? The one you choose to allow you to lead. Mm. I got to stay with the Holy Spirit again day by day by day because the two are incompatible. So I want you to think about there's a battle going on right now for the things of your flesh. Let me highlight something. He said, the things of your flesh. He didn't say the devil. He said your flesh. And so a lot of times we want to blame the devil for that activity. It's not the devil. It's your flesh. That's out of control that says, you know what? I'm going to dominate you. Now, it's easy for me to talk about this because I've been dominated by my flesh. I understand fully what it means to be led by my flesh. But isn't it interesting? He said, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 18. But if, whew, if, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So literally here, if you're led by the Spirit of grace, you don't have to live under the obligation, 
the burden or the condemnation of the law. You know what that literally was? You go back in the Old Testament with Moses. Remember, they couldn't do the law. So it became a burden. But it's interesting, he says, but if you're led by the Spirit of God. So some of this you begin to see in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, it says the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The Holy Spirit causes the Word of God to come alive within me. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh. Now the works of my flesh. Now what he's fixing to do, and I'm talking about him, the Apostle Paul. He's giving this intensive list of the behaviors of our flesh. Now, you don't have to do this out loud, but you may want to put a check mark about some of these that may be evident in your life right now. And so where I'm going with this is I'm going to read this out of the message translation. And the reason it becomes really, really simple to understand. So he says, it's obvious what kind of life develops of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive. Loveless, cheap sex, a stinking acclamation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes, divided lives, small-minded, lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. And he said, I could go on. Well, when I read he could go on, I'm like, okay, Paul, that's enough. I get the picture. Wow. These are the things of the flesh. That could be evident in your life and my life. And he ends in verse 21 and he says, I also told you in time past that those who practice or devoted to such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh-oh. Pretty big deal, huh? Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But the fruit that only the Holy Spirit can produce within us. So you know what it just tells me here? I, I can't buy this fruit on Amazon Prime. I, I can't go to Walmart. I, I, I can't go. It has to be from the Holy Spirit. So he said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law or legalism. 
So, the fruit of the Spirit, there's nine of them. Do you need any of those? Ooh, every time I read those, I thought, I could use a lot more love in my life. Holy Spirit, go to work within me. Now, there's some that you can look at that may be a highlight of your life. Man, there's several of them in my life that are huge. Patience. Any of you need some patience? Ooh, I, I, I could overdose on patience. How about self-control? Do any of you have the problem you, you speak before you think? I do. And so he tells me right there that the Holy Spirit is going to bring this fruit on the inside of me and he's going to help me walk these things out. And so if I struggle in these areas of my life, man, I need the Holy Spirit to come and begin to move within me. Now, what's interesting here is he said the works of the flesh, but there's a contrast because he said the fruit of the Spirit. And so only the Holy Spirit can produce them, not of our own efforts. Now, I want you to think about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, think about a fruit right now. I don't know if any of you are gardeners. I'm, I'm kind of a, a jack-leg gardener. I got about six tomato plants and probably six green chili plants right now. So I don't have a big crop, okay? I, I am into something, and I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I am into something. I, I am... I am planting my tomatoes, right, some of them, right in the middle of my green chili. And so you know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to get them to cross-pollinate because I want my tomatoes to taste like green chili. Well, how's that working out for you, Pastor? Well, we're still working on it. But a few months ago, I put these little seeds in the ground. And when I put those seeds in the ground, you know what happens. You put them in there and you throw the dirt over them. You don't see anything for a little bit, but just because I don't see anything doesn't mean they're not working. Something's happening under that dirt that it's beginning to develop a root system. And before long, this little thing starts coming up. And when you see that little thing start coming up, you know, oh, happy day. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So I see that little green thing coming up and I get happy, happy, happy. And before long, it gets bigger. And before long, it starts getting some blossoms on them. Now, if you're growing tomatoes, don't be easy on them. You got to pop them around a little, okay? Get them to pollinate. And then what happens? One day you go out there and there's these little bitty ones on there. And they start getting a little bigger. And I, I got a lot of them right now that are getting a little bigger. But they're all still green. See, the reason I want to highlight this is this is what the Holy Spirit begins to do with us. And there becomes a progression. As long as I continue to invite him and say, oh, birth that fruit of, of patience within me. Birth that love within me. 
moved within him. He begins to move and he begins to move. And guess what? It's a period of time. We understand this with tomatoes, but many times with the things of the Spirit of God, we get impatient. But guess what? If you'll allow him to continue work with you before long, there's going to be some ripe fruit. And you know what happens with ripe fruit? You get to pick it and you get to eat it. The fruit of the Spirit. Verse 24. And those who are Christ, those who belong to Christ, if you're born again, he's talking to you. They've crucified the flesh. Scary word, crucified the flesh. With its passions and its desires. Sometimes I have passions and desires within my flesh that aren't always godly. Can I help you with that? You can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can sure keep them from nesting in your hair. What did he say, Martha? The devil's going to try to mess with you Temptations, your thought, he's gonna throw them at you. I, I, can't, I can't stop the temptations from coming, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, I sure can keep them from nesting in my hair. And that goes for some of you like me that you're grateful that you still have any hair. Whew. So when he said they've crucified their flesh, most believe in this, the Apostle Paul was saying this as a form of repentance. That, that I repent of the sin of my life and the things that I've allowed to dominate me. And not only do I repent and confess my sin, but it literally means to turn fully from it. He says in verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the spirit to walk in the spirit is to walk along the path that he's laid down now when i break down galatians 5 what we just read the holy spirit does three things number one he will enable warfare against self-indulgence against my flesh in other words he's going to empower me he's going to enable me that's the first thing. The second thing he does is he gives discernment against things that are not godly in my life. And the third thing, he'll bring growth in our character. A, a readiness to live as one dead to ourselves, but alive to Christ. Now when I read all these, man, I got to get to a place in my life where I say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you today. I welcome your fruit in my life. Turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter number two. Acts chapter two. So we go back to the place where the Holy Spirit comes on the scene. And if we remember in Acts 1-4, the Lord said, I command you to wait for the promise of the Father. Verse 5, and he said, the promise of the Father was the Holy Spirit. So it's interesting to me that his disciples, they waited for the promise just like he told them. And remember, we talked about this last week in 
John 16, where the Lord said, it's to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, I won't send you the helper. I, I believe it's very easy to, to not allow that to really sink into me. That the, the truth in that, the in-depth what he said. The Lord Jesus, he's looking at his disciples and he said, listen, fellas. It's to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, I can't send the helper. I mean, it was that significant that Jesus would say, you got to get this. So we know some of the passage about many of the disciples, how they were. And so I, I thought, I'm going to take Peter because Peter had some issues with his flesh. How do you know that? Well, Peter had a problem too. If he, he spoke often before he thought. Remember, Peter's the one who rebuked Jesus. Now, you've got to be some kind of stupid to rebuke Jesus. But we know Peter got filled with the Holy Spirit. And so as we journey through Acts chapter 2, Peter begins to lovingly, graciously, but boldly, he begins to preach the word of God. He says in Acts 2, 17, he quotes the prophet Joel in Joel 2, and he said, the outpouring of the spirit of God would be upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters, the visions, the dreams, and the prophecy. And I mean, Peter begins to quote Joel, and then he jumps over and he quotes the psalmist in several passages. Now, look with me in Acts 2, verse 33. And Peter says, Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, that's the Lord Jesus. That's Acts 1-9. That's what happened when Jesus left this earth. He went to the right hand of earth. That's where he's at. And so that's what he's saying. Now listen, listen closely. And having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. Put that all in parentheses right there. Having received from the Father the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is from the Father, why would I want to dismiss that truth? Why would I want to reject that truth? Having received, and think about that, received. He didn't say earn it. He said received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now look what he says. He poured out this which you now see and hear. Now, guess what Peter just does? He gives the explanation of what's going on. Peter says it's because of the Holy Spirit. Peter didn't say my qualifications are, I've been to Bible school. I've been to seminary. And I'm not against either one of those, but I believe what has begun to happen many times is we go to Bible school, we go to seminary, and we get all this knowledge, or we think we have knowledge, get all this theology, but we don't have the Holy Spirit. So what happens with that? The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And so Peter goes on here and he says, listen guys, everything you're seeing and hearing isn't a result of me. 
It's a result of the power of the Holy Spirit. Same chapter, verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know as surely that God has made, God endorsed this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when Peter's speaking this, man, I mean, he's under the influence of the Holy Spirit. But he says to all these Jews, you crucified the Christ. You crucified the Messiah. And I really wonder if the rest of the disciples, they're not holding their breath saying, shut up, Peter. Do you not realize 50 days ago, these are the same people that crucified Jesus? And you may be up next, pal. And I wonder on Jimmy Fallon's top 10 list about what never to say to a Jewish audience if this wouldn't be the first thing. You don't look at him and say, you, you bunch of killers, you did it. You killed the Messiah. But remember, Peter speaking the word with boldness and he's under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Watch what happens, verse 37. Now when they, all these Jews, heard this, they were cut to heart. They were stabbed in their heart. They were pierced in their heart. You know what this is? This is John 16, 8. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he'll convict you. So when they started getting cut to heart, this is what happens. And let me ask you a question. Have you ever recognized in your life when you started getting cut to heart? You, you come to a church service and all of a sudden the word of God starts going forward and you realize it's cutting me to heart and you think, how'd pastor know that about me? Well, I'm glad you think I'm that brilliant, but I'm not. That's the Holy Spirit. How they say what they did today. That, that was exactly what I, I needed to hear. And oftentimes people will walk by and say, you were reading my mail today. I wasn't. I'm not that gifted. That's the Holy Spirit. He takes the word of God and he begins to cut our heart, not to beat us up, but to get us to a place where we respond to him. So I remember, and I, I had been born again about a year. And I had this guy that every time I would do something wrong, it was like he knew about it. And he was one of those guys, he wouldn't tell me what I wanted to hear, he told me what I needed to hear. Now this guy was an incredible human being. Back, back then we ran in yards and not meters. This guy ran the 100 yards in, in under 10 flat, and he threw the shot put well over 50-something feet. He was a bruise, so you know what? I didn't like what he said, but I knew I couldn't whip him unless I picked up an equalizer. And I'm capable of doing that. And then I get to Bible school, and I become really, really close friends with one of the instructors there, and I would ref with him almost every night. And when we would be going to ref, he would start reading my mail. And you know what my thought was? Wonder why Shelly's been telling him those things. But it wasn't Shelly. It was the Holy Spirit. He'll cut us to heart.
This happened just about two months ago. I, I was down in Dallas with about 300 pastors. And many of you have heard of John Bevere or you read John Bevere's books. I love John Bevere's books. You know why? Because with his, in his books, his writings, is a lot of B-I-B-L-E. I love the word of God. He starts speaking. And all of a sudden, I mean the Holy Spirit starts working on me. Not in a sinful way, but in an area that began to cut my heart and I realized this is so God. If you're sensing that right now, that's the Holy Spirit, okay? And so the Holy Spirit begins to cut him to heart. He, he springboards off of the apostle Paul speaking the word to him. And look what happens here. And it cut him to heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What do we do? Verse 38. And Peter said to him, number one, he said, repent. The very first thing he says is repent. Remember, that is to confess your sin, but also has the meaning a change of mind and a change of direction. Repent. That's, that's 1 John 1, 9. That is huge for every one of us to understand that. And Peter says, Repent. But if you'll notice, the very next word is and. And let how many? Every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You know what he's talking about? You got to give your heart to Jesus. You got to get born again. Do you know in the Aramaic it says this? That God, Yahweh, and God, Yeshua, they're the same. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you something? Those three are united in heaven. They're not in competition, okay? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Actually, they're one. But isn't it interesting? He says, repent, and basically, you got to get born again. Now, I believe within the church today, that's probably at least 95% of people would get a hold of that and say, I, I believe you got to repent. I believe you got to confess your sins. I believe you got to get born again. We all get in agreement with that, but if you'll notice in this verse, there's another and. Now, this and right here may rock your theology, okay? And he said, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Passion Translation says, then you can take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Why do I highlight that? Because I believe we repent, we get born again. But we dismiss. We reject. We have the thought here, I can ignore the last part of the Holy Spirit. And it's amazing to me that Peter says to him, here's the blueprint, fellas. 
This is what you got to do right here. And so just off of this, let me ask you. Do you welcome the Holy Spirit? Or do you reject him? Remember, God the Father is the one said, he's my promise. And the Lord Jesus said, if I don't go away, I won't send him. How can I resist what God says? And so when I give my heart to Jesus, that's a beginning point. That's how you go to heaven. That's eternal right there. But I don't know if you've figured this out yet. You're not in heaven. You're still here, Toto. Some of you don't even know what that is. I probably shouldn't have said that. That's the Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of who? Never mind. So if I'm still here on the earth, the Holy Spirit is the one that put Peter and Paul. Put them above. I treasure the opportunity to come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. What about you today? I'm going to ask you to stand up here. And I can go back to the very beginning of all this. Do you need the Holy Spirit to live in a godly manner? Walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I've had this happen, okay? I've seen what the Holy Spirit can do in my life. And I love to ask this question. How many of you have progressed further in a year where you're further along spiritually right now than you were a year ago. Let me ask this. Has anyone in here reached perfection? I don't think there's a hand goes up. There wasn't any in first service because if there's one, we probably need to pray for you. you. You need to be delivered from your flesh of lying. I haven't reached perfection. But again, the Holy Spirit's the one who keeps me on that path, that that gift of persistence. You know, in Proverbs 24, it says, a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up. He gets, the Holy Spirit keeps helping, get back up. And I got to have the Holy Spirit in that era too. I welcome persistence. I welcome the gift of persistence. Man, I've been in this for 40 years of my life. We just stayed with it. And I say, me and Shelly, we just stayed with it. Stayed with it. Can I tell you what I mean by staying with it? Good times, bad times, sad times, mad times. And we've experienced every one of those. But we just keep going with the Holy Spirit. I've said this many times, the the three smartest things I did in my life was number one, I gave my heart to Jesus. Number two, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And number three, I received my helper. It's brilliant, pastor, you ought to write a book. 
But again, when I go back to the lust of my flesh, that list, you're not going to overcome them by me power. I need the Holy Spirit. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.